podcast people, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds and welcome to today's podcast episode. If you would like to learn more about me and what I do, I encourage you to visit my website. It is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. That is spelled A-Z or Z, depending on your country. R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com. And welcome to today's podcast episode. Let's get started. Now, to kick things off today, I would like to tell you about something that is I recently that I recently added to my website, which I believe will help many language learners listening to today's podcast episode. And it is a page, a reasonably detailed page. It probably would take you about 30 to 30 to maybe 90 minutes to read it. Um, that outlines in pretty specific terms how to learn another language and provides a pretty specific framework or guideline to how to learn another language. And I'm pretty excited about that. This page was initially, it's, it's always been on my website, but I've made it a lot cleaner and a lot more detailed than it used to be. I Initially, it was just the page that outlined the 250 hour challenge that I launched in 2022 which is a challenge I designed to help language learners be more effective with their language learners, with their language learning. And now I've evolved that page a little bit. I've added some more information. I've reorganized it. I've changed the visuals. And now essentially what it is, is a page that will walk people through how to learn another language. And um, at the end of that page, it jumps into the, it jumps into the, the 250 hour challenge that I announced. Okay. Now, the most logical question at this point that someone might ask themselves is, well, Azrin, there are lots of videos, websites, and blog posts that will talk about how to learn a language. What's different about this particular page on your website? And I think there's a number of things that are different. The first thing that's different is I have given some reasonably accurate estimates on how long it takes to learn another language. They're based on a few different studies, which I've linked on my website, um, along with my personal experience. So that's something that you don't always find. On a tangent, which is a relevant tangent, I, I've realized that a lot of other language teaching businesses or language tutoring businesses, they will also share how many hours it takes to, to achieve a certain level in another language. But in my experience, their, their, their estimates are not anywhere near accurate. Often, so I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to, I don't want to speak negatively about other businesses, but there's been a few that I've been looking at where uh, one, most recently, a very large company, in fact, a very, very large company, um, they actually stated it's on their web, it's not on their website, but it's in the materials they shared with me when I booked a meeting with them that it would take about 500 hours to reach a C2, a C2 level in another language. That's wildly off. That's nowhere near off. A C2 is ridiculously advanced. It basically means you can watch, watch and read anything and comprehend it in the target language. You can talk about basically anything in the target language. You can write about anything in the target language with minimal, minimal struggle or perhaps even no struggle. It's a very advanced level and 500 hours. And by the way, they said 500 hours of class plus homework, meaning maybe you do 400 hours of class and 100 hours of homework or whatever it is. It's a mixture. That's way off. There's another website I was looking at, uh, this one specifically for Spanish, 
that provides these curriculums publicly on their website for, for different levels. And I was using it as a reference for a couple of resources I was making at my business. And I was looking on their website and even they would say things like, okay, to go from a B1 to a C, a B2, excuse me, to a C1 level, you're looking at 100 hours of class time, which could be right. 100 hours of class time might be right. But the problem is that the problem is that it didn't say 100 hours of class time, plus you got to do this much homework or things like that. Looking at the website, a language learner would think, oh, it's 100 hours, right? I can do that. And it's wildly underestimated. So it's a tangent, but it's relevant to what I'm saying is because the the estimates I've given are pretty darn accurate. Of course, you can't be exactly on the nose, but they're pretty good estimates, I think. So that's pretty different. I've gone really detailed, very detailed on, on how to improve each major element of learning another language, speaking, listening, reading, writing, and I've also included grammar. Um, the grammar is probably the least detailed part of the website because there are so, assuming you're learning a widely learned language or widely spoken language, there are a variety, there are so many different grammar resources and often people don't struggle as much, as much with the grammar resource side of things and it's the side of things that a lot of language learners, they might struggle to internalize it, but, in, but they don't struggle to find, to find worksheets and do worksheets and things like that. So the grammar part's not that detailed, to be honest, but everything else is pretty darn detailed. And I think that's, that's quite unique. I don't think I've seen people do it, prepare something that's quite as detailed as what I have done. Because here's the thing I've, I've realized. I've realized that uh, in 2022, maybe late 2021, and I don't think I've quite said it in these terms before. When learning a language, if you want to if you want to reach a high degree of fluency, heck, even just a conversational level, heck, any kind of degree of fluency, actually, not even very fluent, if you want to make any kind of progress, the bulk of your learning has to happen outside of class. Let me see that again. The bulk of your learning has to happen outside of class. Why is this? Well, it's a logical reason, in fact. The reason is that when you look at how much time it takes to learn a different language, to learn a language, and and the estimates, the estimated amount of time it, it truly takes to reach each proficiency level, whether it's an A1, an A2, a B1, B2, C1, or C2, when you look at the number of hours that are required, taking classes alone doesn't quite get you there. It takes far too long to make any meaningful progress. And if the class you're taking, the classes you're taking, don't use a teaching methodology that actually aligns with how the brain learns languages, well, then it's going to take even longer. And so you can look at the website. I've, I've broken this down in far more detail on my website. But essentially, 80% or more of your learning has to happen outside of classes. 80% or more. The exception to this is if you are taking intensive lessons. What I mean by intensive lessons would be something like an hour of class per day, like Monday through Friday, an hour of class or more, and you're paying for classes like on a regular daily basis. There, there can be an argument, there, there could be an argument made where, okay, you can do the bulk of your learning in class, but, but most people are not doing that because that gets quite expensive. 
and then and still even in that situation the teacher would have to be using at least adequate teaching an adequate teaching methodology they don't have to be perfect of course but they've got to be adequate at a minimum so for most people it has to happen outside of class now if you're the type of person that doesn't take classes you might go well i don't even take classes so what does that mean for me well what that means for you is the strategies that you are using still have to align with second language acquisition principles and i find a lot of people's strategies and methods are do not align with second language acquisition principles that's what i find they don't now many people do many people don't and they're just not doing that so i think I, I put this page together because i do think that if someone takes a good hour to read the page really study it don't just skim it really read it really internalize it read the studies i've linked out um read them that will give you enough and if you're really unsure book a time with me you guys know i do i'm, I'm more than happy to connect to people for free um, book some time to speak with me and i'll really make sure you're on a good path and it'll take about two hours of one maybe an hour of your time to give yourself enough knowledge about second language acquisition to make sure that you're on an efficient pathway which is pretty cool it's pretty cool so i've made that that's not on my website and i am i am quite excited about it over time and this is a big focus of mine now is i've been learning more about second language acquisition myself and i'm excited because that's going to make me a better language teacher and it's going to help me help my students better and help people in the language learning community much better so i'm actually reading a lot more research now like academic studies and, and learning more about it myself because boy i know a lot but i find that the more that i learn the more i realize i don't know <laughs> so i'm trying to educate myself recently and and deepen my own comprehension and understanding of uh of second language acquisition how the brain learns language etc etc um there's something else i'm going to say on that topic but i can't quite remember what it was so i suppose we'll just move on let's move on here to the next thing that i would like to talk about in today's podcast episode which is um which is a productivity tip and an efficiency tip at my previous line of work, which probably all of you or many of you know at this point, I used to run a window cleaning franchise and I did that for five and a half years. When I worked at that franchise, one thing that I learned working there, which benefits me a lot today, is how to plan effectively. How to plan effectively. You might think to yourself, that can't be that complicated. Is it hard to plan effectively? You might not even realize what it means to plan effectively. So planning effectively, and this is the thing I learned, one of the big things I learned, is when you have to get something done, any kind of task, plan more time than you think is necessary to get the task done. Let me say that again, nice and slowly. Plan more time, excuse me, plan more time than necessary to get the task done. So if you think it's going to take you 10 hours to get the task done plan more than 10 hours now people often wonder how much more well it's a fluctuating number but if you're new to planning and you really don't know how to plan that's not how you live your life you're not a big planner you you probably want to go 50 to 100 percent more so if you think something will take you 10 hours plan 15 to 20 hours you want to go 50 to 50 to 100% more. Now, that's not as you get better at planning and you start to realize how long things take, you can probably aim for something more like 25% more, something like that. 
but initially when you're new at planning it has to you have to really over plan to make sure things get done something i've learned and it's a little trick i use it with some of my students who are quite serious about learning a language and they're new to planning i'll help them identify how long something should probably take and then i'll have them really over plan in their calendar i even have a student right now uh, someone i do language coaching with in fact i only see her once a month and you know she used to try and do two hours of study a week and I told her we've got it and she couldn't do it she just couldn't do it for the life of her every week she'd do less 20 minutes she would do 30 minutes she would do one week the hour and a half she would never even get she would never hit two hours and she felt really bad about it and I said well first of all do you plan those two hours and she did I was like well that's great but then things would always come up and I said well I think we should probably plan at least four hours because things are going to come up she's like oh yeah and ever since that happened, that's fixed it. Initially, she would hit the two-hour mark, and then she learned how to schedule things, and now she only schedules like two to three hours now, and she can actually get the two hours in. But on certain weeks, she schedules more because she now has gotten so good at planning that she plans weeks out in advance. So now she'll think, ooh, I've got a trip coming in two weeks for work. Let me bank some hours over the next two weeks. And so she banked, I think she, had a, she wanted to get like eight hours done or something, and she banked like something like 20 because she knew for three weeks she'd be able to do like nothing and then she'd have a hard time getting back to the schedule so that's a pretty it's a useful little hack it's not that complicated it's quite simple but over plan plan more plan more hours than what you thought is necessary and that will help a lot of you i think helps me for sure i posted on instagram and facebook today my update on the 250 hour challenge so in the month of january i did 17 17 hours and 45 minutes of study on a goal of 21 and the reason I missed was because I missed that fundamental key or or what's the word the fundamental planning point I, I missed it being that I only plan 21 hours in a month and when you only plan the number of hours that you wanted to actually get done you'll likely not hit that number of hours that's just how life is I got sick with COVID so I could say oh it's COVID it wasn't my fault well it actually is my fault because you think something always comes up so you have to over plan so I've realized I'm probably not going to hit my 250 hour goal because with my work schedule I can't plan more than 21 hours in a month of study or I should be more specific with my words I could plan it but I don't want to adjust my life in that way I don't want to cut back on my work or I don't want to sacrifice in other other parts of my life so I'm probably going to come short at the end of the year and that's a learning point for me Maybe I'll do an intensive two or three week burst where I do like full-time studies and take some weeks, some weeks off work or something to make up some of the hours. We'll see, but there's a good chance I'll probably come in at something like, if I take an estimate, I'll probably come in at like um, 180 hours, something like that at the end of the year, maybe 200 on the high end. But hey, it is what it is. I'll do my best and uh, I've learned. Um, and that takes me to the final point of today's podcast episode. So um, I have been uh, actively promoting, I've been actively uh, telling people about this language learning page I've put on my website, which goes through in pretty detailed terms how to learn another language and provide this framework for people to follow, right? Um, and I've been actively sort of, um, actively, what's the word, I guess, promoting it or telling people about it and then today I received a message which is um, something I'd like to share with you and something I'd like I would like to have a discussion with you about 
I'll let me read you the message. Someone sent, someone sent me a message on, on Instagram in response to this page I put together. And this person said, I'm anti-efficiency. Focusing too much on efficiency. A, I'm going to take out some of the swears, actually, because she's sworn a bit. Focusing too much on efficiency screwed up my language learning majorly. So I kind of preach the opposite. And everything I post about is forging your own path and ignoring guides on how to best slash most efficiently learn because there there is no one size fits all, right? And so I'd like to discuss this, I suppose, and break this down and share some of my thoughts. It was an interesting perspective that, that she shared with me. So let's go line by line. She first says, I'm anti-efficiency. So that's interesting to me. Um, that's interesting because, well, I don't think being anti-efficiency is necessarily, probably not what she meant. I think what she really meant was she's anti-focusing on efficiency. It sounds like she's had a negative experience with focusing so much on efficiency that it, maybe she burned out or something happened or it affected her mental health or something clearly happened based on this message. Um, and so she does, she chooses not to focus on efficiency. And I suppose that's, well, I suppose there's nothing really wrong with that. I suppose one thing I will say here is <clears throat> as long as someone's happy with the process they're on, the journey that they're following when it comes to learning a language, I suppose you do whatever you want. You don't have to focus on efficiency. You don't have to use someone's particular method. You don't have to read research. You don't have to do a lot of those kinds of things. You don't really have to, per se. But again, I think the key point here, and I'm, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. I haven't like sat down and really analyzed this message. I actually really only got it like less than an hour ago. Um, but as, as of today, as of right now, my thought process is if you're happy with what's, if you're happy with your progress, you're happy with your process, process and progress with learning another language, then yeah, do whatever you wanna do. But if you're finding that you're not happy, you want to progress in some respect more, or you're struggling with a specific aspect of language learning, or you're not able to speak and you wish you could, or anything like that, well, maybe it's not efficiency you have to focus on, but you have to do something that's different. If what you're doing is not working for you, as in you're not progressing, or you are having, it's a, what's the word? You're not progressing, or you don't feel good about your language learning journey anymore. You don't feel good about it. Something's got to change, right? Something has to change. Let me keep, let me keep on reading this message here. So she says, um, I'm anti-efficiency. Focusing too much on efficiency screwed up my language learning majorly. So I kind of preached the opposite. So here's a fun fact, actually, that I've, I've, I've found. Um, and I, I even wonder if I'm guilty of it myself. I, I try not to be, but it's possible that I am. I probably am, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But I find that everyone in the language learning, everyone in every industry, basically, sales, uh, losing weight, gaining muscle, learning a language, becoming good at something, often people have what, hap what happens is, is people will preach, using her words, they'll preach a specific perspective. They'll preach, oh, this is the way to do it. This is a really good way. This is kind of the best way. This is how it should be done. This is what works. And, and I think we have to be, I think we have to be careful and we have to realize that 
We don't have, nobody has the answers to everything. And we're only sharing what has worked from personal experience, perhaps the experience of others, and perhaps research too. So you can be reasonably damn sure about everything you say, but you always have to realize that you might be wrong on something. I think that's important. And I, I probably mess it up too when I think back. Like, I don't think anyone's perfect. But just her wording of her preaching the opposite, preaching not focusing on efficiency is interesting. It's very interesting. Now, that will probably resonate with a lot of people too for a number of reasons, I think. And this is where we can get pretty psychological. I think that message of not focusing on efficiency will 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 appeal to a few different types of people. One, it'll definitely appeal to people who were focusing on efficiency and it wasn't working for them. And they're just told, forge your own path, you know, don't worry about that. It'll appeal to them. And I think that advice, well, let's get to that later. It'll appeal to them. I think it'll appeal to people that... Um, Ooh, I don't know how to put this into words. Perhaps they're not goal-oriented people. They're people that are more go with the flow, and that's kind of their personality. I think it'll appeal to them, which is which is fine. Um, I think it'll also appeal to some people who perhaps, um, I think it could appeal to people who are looking for an easy way out. Yeah, I think so. That can appeal to kind of like that. Definitely can appeal to people who are looking for an easy pathway. Because it feels nice. It feels really nice to say, ah, don't worry about guides. Don't worry about anything. Just do your thing. I think it, it can appeal to people that perhaps that, that you know, it feels good to be like, ah, oh, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Take that responsibility away from me. I think it can be, appeal to people like that. By the way, none of this is negative. I think it can be great. Um, you know, especially for a lot of people, right? Because a lot of people, when you give them constraints, even if it's just a little bit, they, they really don't like it. They don't like having even a little bit of constraint. It really has to be, they have to do things their way, otherwise it doesn't work for them. And the moment you put any kind of constraints on them, you know, they, they can't operate. And so for those types of people, it has to be, go do your thing. And that's a great message. It's not even a message that I even, I don't talk about. I don't talk that way personally, actually. I rare, I never say that kind of thing. Um, I never do. And that, that actually is a message. Now that I'm analyzing and thinking about this message you sent me, there is a group of people that probably needs to hear something like that. They probably need to hear something like that. I don't think it's a majority though. You know, it's funny. Ah, that's interesting. Now that I'm, I'm talking out loud here, guys. I don't think that's the majority. You know, I try to give advice that would work for the majority of people. And I could be wrong. Maybe my advice doesn't work for the majority. I really think it does, but who the hell knows? Maybe I'm wrong. That's why I'm trying to base things off research. And I, I really try to think of the people I've come across and I try to put myself in other people's shoes. I really think about, God, I've also been teaching for my whole life, not just languages. My whole life has been around um, teaching in one way or another. And I've always been around all sorts of different types of people due to the jobs I've had. And even the upbringing I've had too. So many different types of people from so many different walks of life. So I try to give advice that works for the majority and I don't think the advice I'll using her words forge your own path ignore and ignore guides on how to best or most efficiently learn a language I do not believe that that is a piece of advice that will work for the majority that's what it is I do not believe that works for the majority why because the major in my experience and I could be wrong in my experience most people need some kind of guideline 
Some people need really strict rules, some people need less strict rules, but very few people need no rules. Let me say that again. Some people need very strict guidelines to follow. Do this every day. Do this. Listen to this audio. Practice with this writing assignment. Follow these precise steps. Do this, 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 this. Very specific. Some people need just some general rules. Like, hey, you've got to do some listening. Like, you're not doing enough listening. Maybe an hour a day might be good for you. Maybe even a couple, you know, an hour a day. Okay, you can't quite do that. Three hours a week. Ooh, maybe you got to do some more writing practice. Or they just need a, some different guidelines, but they don't need very specific rules. But I think very few people need no rules. Very few people need no rules. The problem is that when you give someone no guideline, they don't know where they don't know what they don't know what step to take. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. Uh, I, I see this with my uh, with people that work for me actually. One of the ways that I've developed as a boss. Um, is I used to give, I used to be way too, uh, what's the word? I wouldn't be specific enough with some of my instructions. So a great example is, um, a great example would be, uh, let's see, what's a great example? I had one that I lost it. Um, you know, a good example might be something like, um, oh God, I gotta, I gotta have something here. Um, well, here's an okay example. An okay example would be, um, I wouldn't be very specific on what kinds of, how do I say this? Uh, like when, like, okay. Oh God, sorry, I'm fumbling on my words. I wouldn't be very specific on how to quit the job. There we go. How do you quit? Like how do you terminate your contract? I wouldn't be specific. I would trust, I would kind of, give people the freedom to do that how they want and the results were not good when people would quit or here's a better example a better example might be um when someone is when someone a when someone would go about want like when someone wanted to take some time off they wouldn't always know how to approach it because i didn't tell them what the rule was i gave them no guideline so they were like can i just like I need to like give notice to take time off can I just take time off can I not like how does that work I would give no guideline at all I, I, there's better examples than that I can't think of them right now but you have to give some kinds of guidelines otherwise people don't know how to behave they don't know how to act they don't know what's okay they don't know what's not and they don't know they're scared of making a mistake right so they don't know how to act so most people need some kind of guideline and the advice of, of ignoring guides and forging your completely own path I don't think is the right one for necessarily is the right piece of advice for the majority i think if we were to modify that a bit i think the right way to approach it is hey listen you need to, you need to have control over how you learn everyone needs to take ownership on how they learn that's for sure you have to take ownership we have to make everyone has to have their own personalized way to learn but or not even but well yeah but's the word yes you have to do that and, and's a better word, and you should probably be aware of certain guidelines of certain things and be at least semi-educated or know a little bit about what kinds of things tend to work and what kinds of things don't tend to work. That's probably a good idea, probably, for most people. So you can at least have some indication of what direction you should go in, right? At least some indication. 
And I think that's the right, for most people, not everyone, but for most people, that tends to be sort of the right way to go. To throw you a curveball, then we'll wrap this podcast up. To throw you a curveball, it's kind of funny because there's also tremendous benefit into, into going in completely blind. In fact, here's maybe the modified, as I, as I said, I'm talking this podcast out, thinking out loud. Perhaps here's the modified piece of advice. Maybe the right way to go about things <clears throat> is go in, if depends on your personality, of course, but for some people, it might be go in blind. Don't read anything about language learning. Don't know anything and just go in with what you think is right and try to figure it out. But at some point, it's probably going to be worth learning a little bit about you know, what tends to work, what does the research say, what are some general good practices, but you start out blind. Because when you start out blind, you might be able to innovate and figure out things that other people weren't able to figure out because you're coming in with such a fresh perspective that other people weren't. Does that make sense? Um, it's kind of like, a, <clears throat> um, you know, it's kind of like a, when I first started, well, it's not a great example, actually. Uh, a better example is I know some people who switch industries. They work in one industry, then they switch to another. And when they switch to the other industry, often they're the ones that will drive a lot of the innovation because they view things with such a different lens from everyone else because they come from a different background. So that's always interesting, right? When you have a different, when you come from a different place, you view things differently and you can innovate in a different way because you have different ideas, right? So coming in blind, may not be a bad idea for some people, for some of you, not everyone, but some people really need structure right from the beginning. They kind of need those guidelines. It depends on your personality, but a lot of you might want to start out blind and it's sort of, in fact, I wouldn't even argue people probably do start out blind. Now that I'm really thinking about it, a lot of most, actually, yeah, that's interesting. Most language learners do start out blind. They sort of jump in and do whatever they think is the right thing to do. They might use Duolingo. They might do and then at later on, they get more educated because they realize something's not working. They're not happy with their progress. Something's not going right. So then they hear of another system they're like, oh, I didn't realize that that also matters. OK, then they go towards that. Then they realize going through that program that there's something else that was missing. Like, Oh, wait, well, that's missing, too. I didn't realize I have to do that, too. And then they get educated over time. So anyway, enough rambling for today. And I hope you guys found this at least semi interesting and useful. <laughs> And have a wonderful evening, morning, night, whatever it is for you. Remember to visit my website, azarinthelanguagenerd.com, and visit the How to Learn a Language page. I think it'll be insightful for many of you. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions on it, and um, we'll chat later. Bye for now. See you.